welcome to the Deadly Analysis Podcast. I'm Jim, and I'm joined by Noah, Shayra, and Ben to discuss the platform. Now, if you're new to our podcast, we feast on good horror films, discussing philosophy, metaphors, and filmmaking, and tonight we have a lot to sink our teeth into. The Platform is a 2019 Spanish film directed by Galder Gaztelu Utia and starring Ivan Masage. It centers on Goreng, a man who volunteers to spend six months in the Vertical Self-Management Center, otherwise known as The Hole, where once per day, uh, food is lowered on a platform to each of the building's 333 levels. According to various exposition dumps in the film, there is purportedly enough food on the platform to feed all of the VSC's residents, but as things turn out, those on top take more than they need, leaving scant remains for those below. And the inhabitants range from Goring, who hopes to quit smoking, read Don Quixote, and earn a diploma when he leaves, to Trimagazi, who's a convicted murderer. Story proceeds with Goring alternating between the plentiful upper levels and literal cannibalism in the lower levels until he decides to take matters into his own hands and force rationing on the ones below. Obviously, this film is a metaphor for trickle-down economics, and we'll be sussing that out, but we'll also be taking a look at the film's religious metaphors. But first, the rules of the VSC is that you can bring in one item and order one food item from the kitchen, which will be placed on the platform. So let's start there. If you're volunteering for the VSC, what would your item and food choice be? Well, I am actually volunteering for the VSC. Okay. Yeah, no, I am. I I put in my application yesterday. Um, So (laughs) my meal is going to be a double-double animal style from In-N-Out, which is the, like, hands-down, scientifically proven, the best hamburger ever made. Um, I mean, it's not even, like, debatable at all. Uh, So that would be my choice for food. Um, In terms of, like, the item I would bring, I mean, my first thought is it's obvious. It's obvious. Right. I would bring Justine from Raw. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for this, most of which I don't think I have the heart to get into. Um, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. I would bring Justine from Raw. I would. I don't know how I'd get her in. It's a, that's a utilitous question. It's different. Don't want to go there. But I would bring her uh, into the VSC with me. So uh, Noah's bringing an underage girl. Uh, what about you, Ben? <laughs> for fuck's sake. Wow. Um, damn. Um, I, I honestly, I thought about this before uh, we jumped on and I thought about it and thought about it and I really couldn't think of anything good. I mean, I, I, I want, I, I'm tempted if this was an island scenario, right? Like I, I would go with my trusty uh, like fire starter, like some kind of like flint lock, right? Like, so you can make sparks and make fire. Um, I think that kind of like makes sense in this case too, because if you get injured, like you can heat something up and maybe like cauterize your wound. If you have to eat a person, maybe you can cook it instead of like eating raw flesh. I don't know. I don't think you're going to know that you're going to have to uh, engage in cannibalism before you get into the situation. So I don't think a fire really makes sense, right? Like the only logical thing to bring with you is going to be some kind of weapon. I really feel like, you know, like for self-defense, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like I totally get why, 
they depicted that as being like the most common possible thing that everyone has is like a knife or a fucking sword or, you know, like a pipe or, you know, whatever. Um, but in terms of like the food, I think the strategy there is to get something with a shell with it. So like, I, you know, if you look at the platform really closely, there's pineapples. Whoever thought of those pineapples is a genius. Absolute genius. You've got vitamin C. You've got a casing to protect you from people spitting on the food or whatever they're doing. Uh, that's I think that's probably perfect, too. So, yeah, like a knife and pineapples. I don't know if this is a plot hole of the movie or what, but do you know that you are going to be fighting people here? Because she said all these people are bringing guns and swords and shit. How the fuck you're going to be sitting there? You think you're just sitting there to get your diploma or to, you know, avoid going to, you know, a psych ward. And you're like, you know what I need? A fucking gun. What the hell? That wouldn't be... That doesn't make sense to me, especially if even if you understand the way that the facility is with the cement and stuff. You're going to go deaf. Something's going to ricochet. You're going to hurt yourself. Like, why the hell would you bring a gun? I don't think that's a smart... I don't think gun is a good thing to bring, even if you know what's going on. But um, weapons, I, I'm confused as to how people knew to bring weapons. When she was doing the questionnaire, though, she asked, what's your favorite food? She didn't ask, what are you wanting to have on this platform of food that'll mm. come down? So I want to try to be honest of what I would say is my favorite food, and it would probably be filet mignon, because I really like filet mignon. Even though I've gone off of beef lately, I definitely crave it still. Um, but if I knew what was going on, I'd probably get something like a porterhouse, because then it's Ooh. literally like two steaks, you know? So it's like more protein. It would like add to the the weight of the food that's there on the platform um now as far as my object once again do i know or do i not know but one of the things that really stood out to me is bringing my phone seems pretty cool like i could film document this whole fucking debacle and be like dude look at that guy's dad down there and shit like can we bring cameras can we can we, like, show the outside world what's going on, like, on a Facebook Live? Like, that would be very fascinating. I'm sure people would like to know what's going on in this hole. But uh, if I if I knew what was actually going on, I probably wouldn't think to do that, and I would doubt that they would allow me to use a phone. So if I knew what was going on and they wouldn't allow a phone, I'd probably do something like a grill <laughs> and get ready to... <laughs> Grill up my roommate, you know? Like, hey, barbecue time, guys. Let's go. I don't know how you would haul a, a, a grill, but they brought a dog, so... I, I am uh, convinced that this has to be like a plot hole. Yeah, like the way that you first interpreted this, like you don't know if it's a plot hole, and I, I think it really is, because... It's really confusing what the perception of this place is or like the actual role it plays in the broader society, like how they decide to send people there, why criminals are going there. Because like if 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 criminals are going there and everyone knows criminals are going there, then you wouldn't volunteer to go there. Right. Right. So, I mean, is it just a center that I mean, you know, like, is there a cohesive story? Like, is it some kind of like secret site? Like where AA, they just send maybe people? instead of uh, going to jail, you can opt in for this, you know, experimental place that's yeah, probably like underground. I don't know. Like, they sell it differently, but like one of the options you have, it's all, it's all just the same place. It's like a resort. It's a prison, you know, it's, it's like a, a mental hospital. Like, really? I mean, like, that's, also, I think like one of my biggest complaints is that we have like no idea what the context is for this to exist in, in their society and their culture. But also with the diploma, like, does that, you? why don't you go to school and earn it? Like, why do you feel like you just, it, is it a fake diploma? Do people know that people have fake diplomas from surviving this, like, facility? Mm. 
So you could you could literally have one person in there who went in there for illegally forging their diploma and someone else who's going there to get a diploma. <laughs> That's kind of wild. Yeah. To get an illegally forged diploma. Diploma, yeah. I mean, yeah, Goring seems to like treat it as though this is a writer's retreat where he's just yeah. gonna go and like be isolated enough so that he quits smoking. Kind of get you. I, I feel you there. Um <laughs> But uh, and, there's and, probably like, a lot of people doing that during COVID is, is self-isolating to quit. <laughs> and so literally what happened with my life, like <laughs> that is not we're not exact. That is literally what happened with my life is that I was so self-isolated that I was like, well, shit, I guess now's the time. Right? It, Never, this is never going to happen again, knock on wood. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, so he seems to think of it as, and I agree that this is a, a plot hole within the, the film, but he seems to think of it as just this writer's retreat sort of thing where he's going to go be isolated from people, quit smoking, get to read Don Quixote, and that's going to be the end of, of, you know, and he just does his six months and gets a gets a diploma out of it. So I, I, I guess that's our closest context clue as to how this this BSC works within the larger society. But people are dying left and right here. Like this is not the the body count of this film has to be incredibly high. Uh, and, and, and I don't know how you explain that many people go missing. Right. Well, 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 but before we get into that, I want to know what you're going to bring, dude. What's your food? What's your item? Oh, yeah. yeah. What is this? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was, uh, dealing with the same type of questions that you guys were talking about. Um, and I think that if I were, if I didn't know, I could what this place was, I could easily see me bringing in a book. Um, like, something like, it took me six months to read Infinite Jest, and it would be like that kind of project book that I would that I would bring. But if I knew what the platform was about, then uh, I would bring, I would bring a, a, a lighter. I would bring some source of fire, just in case I have to cook my roommate. Um, which yeah, is you not know, laugh. Uh, oh wow! I, I to basically steal Ben's idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, something nutrient rich and huge. Um, so I I was thinking a uh, a New York style uh, loaded with uh, with veggies and all kinds of uh, 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 nutrient like. Just the absolute supreme New York style pizza, um, and uh, that would that would be what I would. So not a marble, on. not a marble, or a attack. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh right, to eat the marble in the deck. Yeah. Jim, this is the uh, this is the argument that I made when I was a kid about pizza because it represents all major food groups. So it's typically like it's it's the perfect meal if you think about it because it's got everything on it, right? Yeah, I think I, I completely understand your intuition there to go with pizza. It it makes perfect sense. But I I really like your idea too, Ben, of like a, a peelable fruit, like a pineapple or a banana or something like that. So you're not eating the shit yeah. on the outside that you're. Right. you're the uh, or nuts like peanuts. Can you keep well, it's parts the vitamin C of it too. though. 
can you keep parts of it though? Because like, if you can keep parts of it, it might be smart to bring like some kind of little garden, like or a pot with soil, so you could like grow the seeds from the fruits you're mm. eating. So like, maybe if you start growing your own day, food. If you get one day where the apple actually survives, can you plant it, or will the the or will the thing heat up or freeze? Like, do seeds yeah. count as mm. keeping and holding on to the food? Because sometimes they were keeping chunks of plates. And that didn't count against yeah. them. This is. I think we're. I think we're. Uh, we're hacking the 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 platform. Oh my he would God. have sampled a lot more ideas had yeah. we been in this facility. <laughs> right. Would... You know what? Um, it just dawned on me that if we combined all of our ideas, uh, all of our ideas for what to bring, this is insane. So we would have Justine who comes in with a sword or a knife of some sort, vlogging her experience using Shayra's camera. <laughs> Uh, with a lighter to go ahead and eat, you know, to, to cook whatever meat she sliced off of anyone in there. This would be, we have advocated for an alpha Justine if you combine all of our <laughs> items together. That is horrifying. It just dawned on me. Anyway. I want to see the sequel of this where uh, Justine goes through the platform or or Robert Carlyle's character from Ravenous goes through the platform. Like that's... <laughs> uh, they won't want to anyway. leave. They, there's no critique of trickle down. The only thing trickling down is the blood <laughs> droplets from their mouth as they go up and down the bucket. They would, they'd probably hate being high at the very top. They'd be like, cake? I don't want cake. We're someone's kneecap, you know? Strange. Anyway, I, this took a turn. Anyway, better, I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. On that Wait. note, which cannibal movie was the most disgusting or possibly most appetizing uh, human eating that you've seen? Because that uh, it was pretty gross in this. I was not, right. it was I, oh, disgusting. Oh, I was gagging. Was I don't yeah. gag. It was like, yeah. oh, no. I, I got to agree with Shayra. The, the little morsels, the little like cutlets, something with that was just, oh, it was so wrong, dude. It was so wrong. It That to me was worse than uh, than Ravenous. I, it really was. I mean, granted, it, it, Raw was probably the least nasty, I think, for me. Like what makes, I was about to say my palate. For <laughs> your, my your animalistic palate. palate uh, it, yeah. <laughs> but just seeing the little slice of morsel with the blood, that, ah, it's just, it's so, bleh, it's not cooked. And I mean, if it was cooked, I'd just be like, throw some A1 on that bitch and just, you know, but it's not cooked. So I don't know. They, they have like a soup in that one movie. Yeah, they, it's a soup know? in Ravenous, at least. Come on. Right. I mean, there's some civility there. I think really, I didn't, I didn't uh, mind the, uh, the little morsels so much as I did him rolling over and picking a piece off of the, the body with the maggots already on it. Like that's. Oh. That's the part that, that I was like, all right, that's that's kind of gross. That's kind of gross. Poor I think you uh, you need to roll the body off into the hole at that point. You know, just get rid of it, pass it down to the lower levels, let them have a chance. It's done. <laughs> now, Jim, what if that woman that had the cancer, what if she had uh, pica and she had eaten a marble and he found it in her car in her corpse? Because <laughs> he did and, with a cancer chick. Yeah, he, he ate the cancer chick and there's a marble that comes out. Wouldn't that have been that have been a Jim flick if I've ever... I've ever heard of one. He would have been like, I hate you guys. I'm not doing this show anymore. <laughs> I was half yeah. thinking that during this one. <laughs> like, why <laughs> like Noah last week with uh, with Swallow, Ben this week with the platform. What is Wait, it? Was this? People you know, choosing movies where you put dumb shit in your mouths. Oh yeah, it's, is this, this one, one of mine? Was really gross, though. Yeah, this is your pick, Ben. Am I yeah, taking was, credit for this? Oh, you okay. are taking credit. For this. this is all you, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, look, the trailer. 
the trailer in theory i i let me let me say this about it like i I know we're not giving final thoughts already let me let me say this about this film is like really kind of like my introductory opinion um it had the potential i think to be really really interesting and really good they tried to do too many things i think yeah like the the metaphor doesn't really land for me man like i i think that's probably why we're all kind of like laughing at this like weird stuff instead of actually diving into that because like the metaphors themselves might not have maybe that much depth as, as, as much as they intended to have, even though they've layered in like sociopolitical stuff, they've layered in religion, you know, in on paper, this should be an amazing movie. Um, eh, I mean, you know, it's kind of, eh, you know, uh, really doesn't, uh, really doesn't seem to land in my opinion. So we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Let's, let's a little yeah. Bit, yeah. talk about, <laughs> Let, let's let's dive into you're right that we're not diving it we just got lost on the what would we do if we were in the in <laughs> what the, would you do yes. if you were eating maggots <laughs> yeah we got lost in the uh in the in the fanfic part of uh, this was of, gross yeah. though can can we just all agree this one was actually really was, gross to me it was like, it was it was nasty there was a lot of dead bodies there was a lot of gross out and even just the food was just ugh. like you don't want to eat after it <laughs> that's that's why i needed to eat before i came on the show to talk about this with you guys so i don't need to eat afterwards it so. is an interesting thing that eating is always gross in this movie like yeah. it's always just yeah like these gross noises and sloppiness and and food all over everybody's eating with right. their hands can i be honest i i liked that part i i really did i i think it's effective yeah, no, no. Well, I mean, I think it's effective too, but it made me hungry. Like I, I, the, 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 uh, the first, I, I forget the fellow's name, but the first man that Goring is, is shares a, a room with, um, that the old fellow Mr. with McCossie. the knife. Yes. So, um, when he eats, there's a very specific sort of slurping noise and it's like, it's like solid food when he's doing that it just made me super hungry. Like I, I wanted chicken. Like it, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> didn't bother me at You're all so uh, weird. <laughs> like i like i totally totally felt hungry watching that i was like man i want some of that cake i want some of that chicken i want to jam that in my gullet like it didn't bo- that didn't bother me uh the the body eating stuff bothered me you know that kind of shit was nasty but uh pissing on the food wasn't too appetizing that kind of shit ruined it face. for me too shit in the face was a little little <laughs> nasty but in terms of the food stuff just the like if you <laughs> n- no pun it no pun intended, just the uh, raw eating of the food from the table. Um, the noises that were done, I like I've all that made me hungry, man. Like I yeah. there's been other shows and other movies that that kind of like over exaggeration of the noises you make when you consume food that I've seen that in, and it only amplifies my hunger. It doesn't actually take it away or gross me out at all. Like when someone slurps noodles around me, um, I, it's like, that it makes me hungry. Like it doesn't bother me at all. So I'm dead serious. So I, I'm probably just a very strange person, but, um, yeah, like I ate, like, I ate like two or three different things during this movie. It was There's awesome. no way you're crazy because, uh, these, these are very popular videos on, on YouTube. People watch people eat pickles and special microphones to amplify the, the crunch. Like yeah, it, ASMR, you can't be weird. It's I mean, just, yeah, I, I, me, I, I'm like, it. I've never. <laughs> I've never watched it, but I've heard that there's ASMR pickle videos out mm. there somewhere, you know. I don't know. So Could we have done a jar of pickles? Can can we do a jar of pickles <laughs> for our pick? I don't know. Did they have any food that was like in a can or in a jar or was it did it have to be prepared by these specialty chefs? I don't know. What if you said Taco Bell? 
A whole Taco Bell. Difference between uh, when your food's been shit on or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a Taco Bell would be the same. So, (laughs) deadly analysis brought to you by Taco Bell. (laughs) When you run out of dog food at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I got your hot sauce right here. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about let's let's get back on track. Maybe um, let's talk about uh, well. We talked about the cannibalism. We talked about the violence. We talked about this clearly being a horror film. But are there other elements of like existential horror here? Like, is this just a gross-out horror film, or is there something deeper going on? Could this be an existential horror film? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I would consider. Uh, all right, so let me start this way. I would consider this movie largely a survival horror sort of film. Like the, the goal in this movie is is really purely just to stay alive. Um, there's no monsters, there's no haunted houses, there's no slasher that's out for your blood, right? It's simply about being placed in an environment where you're likely not going to survive very long. So in that sense, like this movie had elements of other films, uh, other horror films like Saw to some extent. Um, it actually felt a bit like open water to me, although it's it's a very different sort of movie. But just like where the goal is to just make it to the next day, basically that sort of vibe, like you know, take your pick in terms of other horror films that are like that. There's a bunch of them. Um, But in terms of existential horror, I think, I mean, I would say the film aimed at trying to convey existential undertones. I I don't know how well it did it um, about, you know, the anxiety of being present in an environment where the very basis of your survival is essentially the distribution of wealth from those above you. I say wealth, we're talking about food here. But, you know, in, in the world that our that Goron, our, our, our ethically minded main character, finds himself in, the most valuable thing in that world is food. It's, it's more valuable than your clothes. It's more valuable than, I mean, really even the item you brought with you in, into the VSC. Everything else is basically accounted for for you except for this tray of food that everyone has access to, this platform. So food in this movie is everything because it's the only thing you potentially don't have enough of. And if you don't, you'll die, right? So I think, like, if there is any existential horror elements in this film, it's the idea that your ability to survive is determined by those above you, not by you, by those above you. And that tray of food is not only open to everyone else to take as they will, but there's no mechanisms in place for those other people not to take advantage and to hoard, right? So there's this lack of control element that I think this movie plays with in terms of inciting the fears of the viewer. This is a movie that I think hijacks a person's fear of being unable to be self-sufficient in a world where nobody seems to give a fuck. Let's let's try to dig into like specifically like what what they're actually aiming to do. And I, th- I appreciate that you look at it like that, Noah, because obviously it has failings, but there is like an interesting thing that it's trying to do. And I think it's fair to at least talk about that a little bit. So <clears throat> if we do take those elements and think about that as being kind of like a, an existential horror type thing, you know, maybe that's the sort of universe, the, the realm of the universe that this sort of lives in. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't even consider that like a loss of control so much as that they're just trying to depict what they see as being the actual state of things. And I think that's what makes it a, supposed to make it like a little bit scary aside from the, the, the violence making it horror and like that whole debate um, is that they're taking a piece of what they see as actual reality and kind of distilling that to make a point, 
you know, I mean, like that's the whole, I think that's, that's the reason why they, they use metaphor in films in the first place is so they can take like an idea and distill it down to like a, a really easy to understand message that kind of lands and sort of then unfolds in your mind and you get kind of like the bigger point. Um, so if we look at this, the platform, uh, limited resources. So we're taking this axiom that there's a limited pool of resources. Everyone kind of draws from that limited pool. There are some people that get to draw from that first and they draw a little bit more or whatever. They have some kind of privilege, I guess, like that's what that's supposed to represent. Um, like I, I, a lot of the mechanism and kind of like the design of that, I, I don't think is really unfair, even even though we've kind of like broken this down to just like the need for food, too. Because, again, like if we think about this as kind of like a class struggle movie um, on the whole um, and think about like. Uh, like revolutionary whatever like literature I don't even necessarily want to say Marxism because I really don't want to bring that up again like another podcast in a row I'm so glad you but, said that yeah no, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but I mean like the 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 deal there is that like uh, a certain class of people eventually become so um impoverished they have no food whatever that they're willing to become violent and riot to eat the rich you know i mean like if, if we're bringing in sort of like cam cannibalism imagery um or basically at, at the very least just take the resources you know i mean like i think food is an apropos kind of like thing to center the entire thing around um you know so i mean like in, in that regard i don't think it necessarily fails in the, the pieces that it's trying to bring together even if the execution is a little bit blunt and definitely a lot heavy-handed um oh like yeah the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I completely agree with you with that part. I mean, I think that the fact that it uses food is very intelligent, actually. Mm -hmm. I think it distills it down to, because we could go to money, but then money is a means for what? For for other things, right? So I right. think the fact that it uses a, I don't want to say a commodity, but that it uses an essential like food um, as a tool to make its point, that part is is fine. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I have I, I don't have any uh, issue with that part. The, the issues I have, I, I think we'll get into a little later. But that part specifically didn't bother me whatsoever. I think it's a very interesting jump into these conversations to use what is at the very bare bones bottom an essential thing just to make it like for the next few days. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. part didn't bother me at, at all. Sure. And like we it I, there, there's even the example of of one level whenever um, our our main character and his friend are like riding the platform down to to save everybody. Um, there is uh, uh, this guy who has a, a, a apparently brought in a giant pile of money with him, and so they give that person a ration. And then as they're going down to the next level, you see money raining down on them, right? Like this person is just taking a bunch of cash and is trying to reward them for having a meager amount of food with what must have been intended to be thousands of dollars, right? So I, I, again, like it's a very blunt kind of image, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they're, again, they're trying to make kind of like that point that at the end of the day, the real value kind of comes from this basic essential resource. It's trickle down economics. Like this is yeah. not, this is, this is clearly about a very specific political theory. And that is trickle down economics that the, the wealthy at the top, will trickle down that with with their great job creating powers uh they will trickle down the wealth to the uh middle class who will trickle down the wealth to the lower classes and everybody like if you want to 
um, add to economic uh, the the economic vitality of the system as a whole. You don't need to give it to people directly. You need to give it to the top, and they will uh, inevitably trickle it down to the rest. That's the that's how this theory of economics plays out. That's that's what uh, sort of the the basis behind Reaganomic theory um, that is still the basis behind a lot of economic theory that 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 emanates from from the right wing. Um, and this film is demonstrating, as we have we have talked uh, very bluntly, uh, demonstrating that that economic principle is is faulty. That the those at the top will take more than they need. It won't trickle down to those in the poor uh, at the bottom. And it's not that they will eat the rich. Uh, that's where I have to differ with you, Ben. It's not that they will eat the rich. It's that they will the poor will eat each other, and the rich will be fine. And and that when the film flips this around and has uh, formerly lower class people uh, become upper class. It's not de it's merely demonstrating the fault of the system, the fault of trickle down economics, because you think that you would be you think that you would be a benevolent rich person. But really, you would actually just be as much of a dick as the uh, the, the people who are currently rich. That's right. I, I think that's the. I think that's the metaphor that's going on here, and uh, well, potentially, I, I think that's part of what they're they're trying to do. And there's like a couple of pieces there that I want to bring up. First off, um, I trickle down economics, yes, but I, I want to be clear for um, uh, just for the sake of posterity that technically speaking, trickle down economics isn't an actual like economic theory, so to speak. Um, obviously, it's just based on some bullshit that Reagan said, you know, uh, and then all the a bunch of people now think it's like an actual thing um, because Reagan, I guess. Um, but like, it's if you look at proven and it's yeah, been, yeah. I mean, if, if yeah, you look okay. at research from like the the International Monetary Fund and so on and so forth, they actually show that those types of policies that sort of fall under that that system of thought increase in inequality to the point that the inequality eventually suppresses GDP growth, and so it actually has like kind of a, a negative effect on economy. So it's clearly a bad idea. But I think where where that really kind of like fails in terms of this film too is the fact that they do shuffle the positions of the people if their point is to say that the people at you know level zero or level one are technically the wealthy now um there's like kind of a um a problem with their analogy and that you know they have people i guess like switching places every month like every 30 days you end up with a new level and so the people at the top used to be the people at the bottom and so on and so forth and so like obviously at the very beginning of this movie the guy that introduces the terminology obviously uh, and repeats that over and over again um kind of like has this weird almost like contradictory um way of talking about things like he'll he'll talk shit about the people who are below but then talk shit about the people who are above uh talking about them the same way that he's acting to the people below but he's like always acting like that no matter where he is right so it's like it, it almost seems like they're saying that the the bad behavior of the people at the top are just it, it's it's generated from them having been at the bottom before and so like that's what gives them that combative attitude so like I, anyway like I, I really think the analogy kind of like fails in what they're trying to do because again like the people at the top levels aren't the ones handing out the food they don't control the resources but they're trying to be painted as kind of like the upper class I think unless all the prisoners are supposed to just represent like the middle class and below you know i mean like so there's some like i, I think holes in the way that they're trying to depict that um but yeah just uh, again like that whole kind of like the point about reaganomics and, and trickle down 
Um, I just think that like the the recycling of positions kind of like really sort of messes with that and doesn't um, doesn't really help that analogy very much. So we were talking about uh, existential horror. For me, yeah, I I feel like the idea that you know you're kind of dependent on others is part of it, but. There were a couple of little nuggets of things that were said that, you know, once again, the wallop on the head is a little over the top that I think was the actual existential dread you should feel in this film. And it is, um, here's the circumstances we're in, and they're really, really bad. How do we change that? And this is a problem that happens a lot in society. We have all these problems and we tend to just be like, I can't do anything. I can't make a dent. There's nothing I can do. But even more so in this film, it's not even just about like, you have to make change happen. That's That in and of itself is rough because people are like, oh shit, I might be part of this problem. I might be the, you know, part of the, the thing that hurts others. But even worse in this scenario, there are people outside of this. This is possibly an experiment to figure out how they can make you not try to figure out the system, not try to fight back, not try to work together. How can they control us in society and keep us at odds with each other based off of bullshit ideas of where we are at levels, um, but also how do they keep us from like uh, wanting to help others because we're so self-involved? And the problem of, oh, I'm an independent person. I don't need others for this help. And so that's where the hole comes in of, of you know, I, I'm going to be brainwashed to not be altruistic, to not be empathetic to my fellow man. And um, he talks about, like, what if that's what this all is? What if this is just a social experiment to, to make us this way and to control us on the outside, to, to, to make us be this way? Um, and that for me was much more horrifying because this whole trickle down thing is an illusion where the real rich people are, the people who are on the complete outside that don't have to deal with this hole at all. That's where the top is. They rigged They're the not game. not in the hole. Yeah. yeah. They, set, they set up the game. And that for me is much more horrifying. It kind of reminded me of the movie Cube where they're like going from room to room and they're trying to figure out how to get out of this maze and like how to survive it. But, like, at the end of the day, the, the main horror is, who are these fuckers in charge of this shit, and why are they doing this sick shit, you know? Um, so, for me, that was more of the, the horror element, that there's some outside forces that are just playing with us, figuring out how to manipulate us more, figuring out how to make us not make change, figuring out how to make us more uh, individualist thinking and not try to work together, even though it is within our nature to be altruistic, to try to make us work against our nature by putting us in survival mode at all, at all modes of time, you know? And we saw this like with COVID with people hoarding away toilet paper for themselves that they didn't need. I mean, we do do that and it is horrifying. It's, it's kind of frightening that people would go to that level uh, but there it is. It's We tend to do that. We tend to become more selfish when we get into survival mode. So how do they keep us in survival mode at all times to control us? This is a film about like who we are fundamentally deep down. Are we empathetic or are we individualistic, right? Um, and with regard to sort of the trickle down aspect, I mean, obviously this film uh, very heavy handedly to almost to a fault indicts this sort of trickle down system um, 
for relying on that human nature, you know, to sort of humanely and ethically distribute wealth, or in this case, food, right? After all, the film tells us, although I think we find out that this is false later, that if people only ate what they needed, everyone would have enough food and effectively nobody would die, right? But, but the people at the top, in virtue of being at the top and feeling entirely untouchable, feel privy to overindulge because, um, you know, as the film would have us believe, human beings at their very core, I think, are... are so th this may be where Shera and I differ. Like, I think the film would have us believe that human beings at their very core are actually greedy. And if left unchecked, simply allow the less fortunate to die. And it's 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 so insidious an issue that even appeals to religion play little role in actually changing sort of core human behavior. I mean, it's ironic that in our country, uh, on the topic of the pandemic, those that are in favor of trickle-down theories, largely you know right-leaning religious conservatives, um, tend to uh, d tend to be the people who are in favor of that sort of a I, I won't call it an economic. Uh, philosophy, now that uh, Ben has said what he said, but that, that they're in favor of that sort of idea, you know? And so when uh, the character Baharat, I'm probably butchering his name, uh, appeals, you know, to the people in the next level up, if you remember that part with the rope, uh, he appeals to their faith in God, um, he's quite literally shit out of luck, you know? If you don't mind the you don't mind the pun, uh, it, it, so it's it's as if the film wants us to know that like even looking up and appealing to fundamental things like appealing to God and a shared faith are not enough even then to simply stop people from being greedy. This is a film about human nature, and and I, I that part I feel like I kind of get. It's one of the strengths of this movie is showing you the ugly of what it means to be a human in light of resources. And, uh, yeah, I, that part of the movie I kind of dug. I mean, I don't like the concept. I think it's a very sad, pessimistic sort of thing. But I also happen to think it's one of the more accurate depictions of humanity in this movie. Oh, just to, uh, just to clear up, the, I'm, I'm not saying that humanity isn't, like, doesn't have greed within them. Um, I just want to make sure I, I, like, explain this well. We are a species that we need each other to survive uh -huh. and to like the way that we manage to have such a high population is being able to work together to bring a big resources of foods or yeah. to like transport things. So we actually work really well when we work together, when we are in survival mode and at odds with one another, that's when we all tend to die. Uh -huh. And I think that's what they were purposely trying to do to the people in this facility is keep them in that mode where they are greedy, where they do kill where they do eat each other to keep them controllable. Because yeah. if we work together, we're a lot stronger and we can do a lot more. And they tried to talk about dialogue a lot, right? Like, oh, if we just have a dialogue. You can't dialogue with people in survival mode because they're just trying to survive. And, um, I mean, that may be something that we could argue isn't true, but that's, I, I think, that's... was something the movie was trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what was going on there specifically? I mean, the I, the the message seemed to be that the only way that you're going to instigate change is through violence. Yeah, right. But they or were trying threats. to make they were trying to make trickle down economics work with violence, but it only worked because they were being violent. So, is that supposed to be support of a large state that sort of regulates the market, or are they saying that you can only reason with 
the the lower classes by being Hitting violent them with them and the coercing them. Yeah, like what the hell yeah. is going on with that? Like, and let's sort I don't of know. Suss this, let's suss this out for the viewers too. Like, the it's Goring and Baharad's violence are the things that succeed in rationing. Like that actually gets people to ration out their food. They club people over the head if they take more than their share. And Imagiri tries to, and I'm if I'm mispronouncing the Spanish names, I really apologize. They're actually I, melee names. <laughs> I uh, don't know why, but all the names are melee. <laughs> so well then I apologize to both. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the point is is that 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 her negotiation fails, but their violence succeeds. And so it does imply that human beings respond to violence or uh, Goring uh, threatens to shit on the platform uh, every day if they don't ration out their food. And, and that also achieves results as well. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, Ben, the question is, is, is the film saying that the only way trickle-down economics can work is through violence? But even then, trickle-down economics doesn't work through violence. Um, and, and even and, then, there's not enough resources to go around anyway. Like <laughs> even though know. scarcity, yeah, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. And well, so, everybody and, ordered a meal, and some of them are dying. And like some of this stuff, like someone ordered like a six tier fucking cake every day or whatever that giant cake oh, was. Oh, like, that was the most appetizing part of it to me. It was so fucking good. <laughs> that was a really smart move on that person's part who got that cake. That probably fed a lot of people. Um, but. Like I, I do wonder, did they did they ever factor in how much food would be on a spread like that? If you have six hundred and sixty six people in the facility, and they each ordered a food, there's six hundred and sixty six food items on the table. You know, seems like that would be plenty of food to go around. I don't even know how you'd eat that much. Except Goring's an idiot who just orders some fucking snails. <laughs> like, I'll have six snails. I mean, that's why yeah. I'm going like a a New York pizza. You know, I'm I'm trying to do the cake theory uh, <laughs> by uh, by by piling a bunch of food on other food. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. Do I, English breakfast. That's a lot of food. I don't know. Like it just seems like if they knew, they would probably order something much more substantial but i think cake guy whoever cake guy was in that uh in that facility uh thank you cake guy <laughs> that thing was huge <laughs> poor cake guy he spends his first month on uh on level 332 and know, never got right? to eat his any cake his never cake. happened Ugh. but the escargot i'm sure lasted <laughs> right oh no I'm, you're muted uh -oh. So, yeah, I mean, we get this bit about them forcing rationing and it's like that makes that makes the point that scarcity is always there. And oh, it, like even though uh, let's let's make that point a little bit clear. Um, scarcity is always there because there's not enough food on the platform even after they ration. And then, of course, it takes violence to force rationing on other people. Um, so, I, I, I mean, is this does this just end up being an incredibly nihilistic film about how human beings just naturally suck and there aren't enough resources for all of us? 
Well, that depends on how you interpret the ending. Um, and it's definitely open to interpretation. Like, you know, I mean, like it's, it's, it seems like they're supposed to be wrapping this up in some way with something about the message. Like maybe there's supposed to be some kind of glimmer of hopefulness in the nihilism, but it's not really clear again <laughs> what that supposed that hope is supposed to be like what what specifically is supposed to happen because they sent you know the the platform back up with that kid on it or whatever and, you know it's like it's just the 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 messaging there too also is quite unclear yeah that's uh i mean we're sort of switching to the next subject and that is all of the uh, christian imagery in this in this thing and that you know i ask a lot of questions that are just sort of discussion starters that you know i kind of have my own answers to but this one i don't have an answer to like what the what the fuck is it with the kid like why is the child the message and what do they really hope to accomplish yeah i mean like my my best guess is just to show that the people in charge don't actually know what's going on because like they didn't expect there's not supposed to be any kids in there there's not supposed to be more than 200 levels according to the one person that was there that worked for the company for 25 years you know i mean it's i I think it's just to show that there's a disconnect between like the people in control uh and the way they think things are and what's actually going on i think maybe maybe um and maybe that also seems to be supported by the fact that there's this scene where when the food is being prepared you know, this this Mater D looking guy flips his shit because there's a hair in one of the cakes or something like that. As if to, you know, like that level of perfection is necessary when this entire thing is going to be wrecked by level five anyway. You know, I mean, it's just there's like this clear disconnect between what people are expecting is going on down there and what is actually going on. Um, yeah, but... I, uh, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. The system is broken, right? So like the girl's simply, quite simply a metaphor for the future, right? For like the next generation, she's a symbol of resilience. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the little girl is, is, is the film's way of showing that the system is broken because I think it's said in the movie that children shouldn't even be allowed in the VSC, right? Well, that's bullshit because... There's a child in there. So the system is broke. That's indicative that the system is broke. So in sending that child who shouldn't be there back up to the top, it's both a message of the brokenness of the system and yet also the resilience of the next generation as a means of potentially fixing it. Um, but I mean, I felt like that message was just so myopic and so blunt and it didn't resonate with me at all. It just felt haphazard and sh- and 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 shallow. Maybe I don't know. It it just didn't resonate with me at all. It seemed sort of hollow. So I I hate this idea because this happens all the time when you're talking with a lot of conservative people. They'll say, "Think of the children." And they never think of the children. You talk about kids in cages at the border. They don't give a crap. They, you talk about children that have been raped and need to have an abortion. They don't give a crap. You talk about how many kids in this country are living in poverty and starve every day. They don't give a crap. You talk about lunches in schools. They want them to pay. Uh, so it always it falls on deaf ears. But also thinking of the people that are in control, the thing that I'm most fearful of in this film, uh, they're not going to give a shit. They'll hide it. They, they won't let anybody know and they move forward and the, and this stuff continues. That's, I, I mean, I think they were trying to end on like, oh, the message, the hope. Nobody gives a fuck. If this exactly. is something that's going on, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. I guarantee that. It was not a hopeful ending to me. It was one of those like, uh, 
you think that I'm dumb and I don't understand how the world actually works. Kind Completely. Of so, um, I, I mean, I get what they were trying to do. Like, oh, Gen Z's our hope. Well, you know, no. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about the kids. Trust me. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I mean, they, the, the reason that I think it, it comes across like that is I primarily for me just because they really didn't earn that payoff. I mean, like maybe, yeah, I mean, there, there's a world and there's a film with that or there's a, like a potential world with this film in it where they did this correctly and they actually earned that payoff at the end. But they would have had to, to I think, shed a lot of the the stuff kind of like around that core point about the socioeconomic uh, socioeconomic problems, like maybe get rid of the religious stuff, you know, whatever. Um, but they really kind of like need to build that up so that we understand like the importance of this kid beyond just this woman was there. She was looking for a daughter the whole time. It was kind of sad when you see her die, but also like not really because apparently she's sort of a monster too. You know, it's like, like you don't really earn the empathy there. Um, I, I think it's really unclear why our main character really cares. Like so is like so personally invested, you know, I mean, beyond the fact that like, of course he wants to take care of this child because that's the natural response is to take care of a child. But like, I think, they were really trying to play more into it than that. There was supposed to be like some kind of like an emotional connection there because of that sort of like weird relationship he has with her mother. Um, But it's just, it's just not earned. Like they don't spend enough time on the important parts of the story to make it work. Um, Yeah. That really, you know, I mean, there's just, there's just too much that they're trying to do, I think. So um, I looked up all the names of this movie so we could, I don't know if you'll see anything from this. I found it really interesting. Almost all of the the names are melee, but uh, there's a Japanese one, which is Miharu, which is the uh, mom, and that word means to watch, guard, look out, and it also means open one's eyes wide. Then you have our main character, Goreng, which literally just means fried in melee. Like you get fried rice, and it's Goreng as in the thing, so it just means fried literally all it means um then the old man uh i'm gonna mess this up trimagasi that just means thank you in melee um the most interesting name is of the lady who had cancer imoguri it's actually a a garden in indonesia that happens to be a royal graveyard um then there was the guy in the wheelchair that gave him the idea to send a message uh, that is a bram. What is it? Brambury. I can't. I can't pronounce it. But it's just a shallot. It's a shallot, which is basically like an onion. Uh, baharat is just a spice used in food, and it's a, in the Middle East. So spice. And then Ramsey's the second, which I mean, all I could really try to figure out what they were trying to get with this dog is it. It means great ancestor. I, like, or he's known as the great ancestor. I. I can't figure out what the dog symbolism might have been, but all, a lot of these uh, names are food or how food is prepared, and I'm wondering, first off, Generation. why they went with the melee, but... <laughs> well, well, think about it. I mean, there's I, I, I didn't know this until you said this, but a lot of the names are food and gen- generational things, so it's, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, it could be the case at the very end, you know, the, the, the next generation goes up to you know, do its task in, in relation to providing for the, for the future. I mean, I think all of that is, is navigating or hovering around this movie for the most part. Um, but I mean, it is kind of difficult to say, I mean, aside from the naming conventions, it's difficult to, I think, grab, it's not very, 
I mean, there are certain elements of this movie that are over explicit that are just very obvious, and then others where you're like, "What the? What was? What yeah, what's going on here? I want to sit I, down with you and talk yeah, to you." Yeah, yeah, little. So there's a sense in which I think the writing was a little sloppy in that sense. Um, it's not well tailored, so we, we could contrast this with a movie like like Parasite. I feel like for the last two weeks, yeah, we've been doing that. Where it's but where this it's, one where, is also a similar kind of theme and message. So I, sure, it, I think it's fair. Sure, and it's it's a very. Um, it's almost like a Burger King version of of Parasite. It's a very heavy-handed, <laughs> fast food esque version of it. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it gets the point across, but like you kind of have a stomachache afterwards. You know, I heard but, someone call it vertical Snowpiercer, and I was laughing my <laughs> ass off. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know. It's, uh, it's 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 weird. There's weirdnesses. Like you were talking about the writers. The writers are in the film. Do you guys want to guess who the writers were in the film? <laughs> Uh, were they the people shitting on the uh, people on level five? No. No? Oh, okay. Who are they? They were the two guys in the kiddie pool. <laughs> they were oh swimming in the kiddie pool. Which so, one? That's awesome. So let me get this straight. No, no, no. I just want to play this out. I am writing a movie with my co-writer. And we're like, hey, dude, we should totally make sure that we have a, a, a part in this movie. Yeah, dude, Absolutely. Uh, all right, all right, what should we do? I got it. How about we be two naked guys in a kiddie pool? <laughs> of course! Genius! <laughs> Let's put it down! Like, how... Oh, man. At least... This was a weird movie. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. Lady in the Water is a weird movie. M. Night Shyamalan... M. Night Shyamalan deciding to be in his own... Like, to be the hero of his own film? That's weird. This is like saying that the writers are like, no, I get it. We don't take this seriously either. <laughs> like that's that's what's going on here. It's like they're like, we know. <laughs> we know we're silly. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, all the Jesus shit in this movie, because uh, there's a lot of Jesus shit. Uh, first of all, Goring is referred to as the Messiah. You talked about how his name actually means to fry. Well, he's in the pit, uh, which has. <laughs> 33 levels and 666 people. Uh, do I have to? I don't. We, we cultivate a very smart audience. I don't have to talk about what that means. Um, he carries Don Quixote, which uh, has a little bit of uh, Christian overtones. It's about a knight errant who's trying to do his, do his duty. Uh, we get. But. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just thought of the shit scene again when you said duty. <laughs> he does his duty. <laughs> I literally I hit the G on duty just for that reason. It doesn't matter. My brain still did it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm laughing about the fact that Jim just explicitly called out that we cultivate a very intelligent audience. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to make up for it. And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we. We call yeah. intelligent yeah. audience. Well, there's, I, our, there, there's where we got our dislikes, folks, right there. Thank <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> he sacrifices himself for the community, all of these things. Like, this is all. So the question is, shall we discuss, does Goring work as a Jesus figure? Um, and then what, what does Goring being Jesus mean for the economic points of the movie? Mm. Discuss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, Goring is definitely a messiah figure in this film, or, or, or portrayed as one, in the fact that he aims to sacrifice himself in order to break this larger system, right? And so here's an interesting twist that I want to throw at you, right? So this is contrasted with Barat, 
who is more, what I would argue, like a prophet, right? So Bharat cries out, yells out like a madman in the desert, right? He tries to fix this thing by climbing, ascending, being loud, right? And so, so a, a, a very John the Baptist-esque sort of thing. Goreng, however, ascends by lowering, going down, ascend, uh, descending himself to the deepest depths and by giving his life freely, right, at the very end. So he has the opportunity to go back up to the top at the very end of this movie and save, him, save himself uh, on the platform, but he chooses not to do that, right, because it would sully the message. And so there is, a, so it was interesting to me in this movie is there is, it's very obvious that Garang is, is, is a, has a messianic metaphor in this, but what was interesting to me is sort of the deep contrast between Garang and Bharat in this sort of prophet messiah sort of relationship between the two, which I thought was kind of cool. So I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I, I mean, it's, he's obviously meant to be a messiah in this movie, but I felt like there was, I think Bharat, his, his part in this movie seemed to be the part that I questioned in terms of that, um, in terms of that apparatus. Uh, I will just say, I think this is the most Jesus figure that ever existed in film history because Jesus was a fucking communist. And Jesus said he came to not to bring peace, but the sword. So, like, it's very Jesus. I, I feel, really feel it. And I, found, I thought it was funny because someone brought up to him, they were like, oh, you know, you're supposed to duplicate food if you're Jesus, you know? And he's like, that's not how this works. And I'm like, that's how Jesus fed all those people. <laughs> he just rationed the food. So he's so Jesus simple. without the superpowers. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's probably what Jesus really was, right? So it was like true Jesus. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I love to see a communist Jesus in, in the depiction of a movie because it's just too funny. I love the guy going, are you a communist? And he's like, no, I'm reasonable. And I'm like, it's like, yeah, everybody should eat and they won't die. That's not necessarily communist. Like, that's just how we don't die is by eating food. So even even that, like, it, I even that part of the metaphor, which is probably the strongest, like all of the Jesus stuff and how our main character is the Messiah, like even that piece, I think they got wrong. Because he ate the flesh of that old man and that woman with the dog, and then they became a part of him. So it's not like he's giving freely of his own body to others. He's like taking in their body into him, but he's the, you know, I mean, it's like, again, like if, if you were going to try to write this metaphor well into this movie, you know, I mean, it's like maybe a nitpicky thing to, to, to call that piece out. But I, again, like it's another, it's another thing there where like they couldn't just introduce uh, like a metaphor into the movie without like having it sort of sullied like kind of like ironically like the whole point of this is not to sully the message but like literally all they did with every message they had was sully it by confusing it with other stuff you know yeah. i mean it's, a lot of people confuse <laughs> so a lich with a zombie and in jesus was a lich he was not a, a zombie yeah. so look right. all yeah, exactly all, like that right all i'm saying is, is this movie was no panicata that's that's all i'm saying <laughs> this, this film was no panicata at all uh, well it is yeah i mean you are talking about the the how cannibalism is depicted in this film and the in this film it's you eat the flesh of another and they haunt you and it's not like ravenous where you eat the flesh of another and then you get superpowers or it's not like a catholic transubstination thing where you know you you eat the flesh of jesus and then you're closer to god this is you eat the flesh of another and you are damned because of it and and that's 
I think that's the way it's portraying cannibalism. Did you guys get the same thing there? Or? Totally, totally. And what was interesting about this was that Goran, you know, uh, like I, Goran ate people and then they, those people that he ate also, n- not only did they exist afterwards, but they like gave him advice in their ghost form. Like they provided him morsels of intellectual sustenance when he needed it. And so because of this, I actually see Goring as kind of like a hyper cannibal. Like th- my theory is that he's a hyper cannibal. So mm. he not only eats the flesh of people, like chomps down on them, but he also slurps up their post-mortem company and directives. And so I actually see Goring as like a super Saiyan level two cannibal. Uh, because of this. I mean, he eats their flesh, morsels, sucks it down, and then they appear. And then he's like, what else can I get from you, bitch? And he takes their advice. He's just a slurper. Super Saiyan level so two cannibal, this guy. It, it, what, what do you think about, I mean, it, it, wouldn't it be more like the Highlander, though? It's like where you're absorbing their spirit. I mean, it's because like, what you're really seeing oh, I like is this. like a... Yeah, what we what you're really seeing produced is kind of like a force ghost, right? So it's like it's sort of like their essence afterwards, but it lives within him. So it's kind of like he's absorbing their power and their soul, and I he like becomes that. like the one, you know. And in that way, you can also tie it over to the Matrix because of the Jesus like messianic, the one thing yeah, of like, like Keanu Reeves, one. like it, totally. you know, it all ties together. Yep, that's that's yep. Oh my god, <laughs> I was keeping track of the number of movies that you are referencing <laughs> in order to make this shitty metaphor play out. Like, no, this totally works. No, but there's another movie. Ghost who has the quickening, who's also Neo. Like, <laughs> uh, all right, what? Can we can we get like the sci-fi trifecta and have him like somehow be also uh, Ripley from Aliens? Can I bring in a tween movie? Uh, like a you know those like teenager like young adult like romance. Uh, warm bodies. Uh, he eats the brains and like then has all their memories and knows all the things that they know. And like he could have just also been going crazy along with having their memories. You know. Uh, so think about it this way: when he eats their brain, he looks at the camera and goes, "I know kung fu," like because he <laughs> ate the brain. So yes. so yeah. So Goran gets on the platform, ascends all the way up to the top, and he says. I am the one like this. And he just lays out like that. My God, this film could have been better in so many different ways. You could have added matrix in a hilarious elements. Way. Like and when, he, when, he ascends, when he ascends though, he's, that's not what he's going to say. What he's going to say is I'm a political science major. And that's, that's exactly <laughs> what's, that's basically what's going to happen. I have my batch degree now, <laughs> guys. I know Accurate. political theory. <laughs> Can we just talk about the fact, why didn't they bring up what his degree what, that he wanted was like, what was he trying right. to be? That, that's a character builder thing. Like, what is he trying? What's he up to? What is he trying to get a degree for? Like, what Art. is he trying to get a degree in? <laughs> Clearly, it's the liberal exotic arts, studies. <laughs> what if? What if it was culinary arts? Oh my god! That would have been fucked Beautiful. up. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey, he would know what human flesh tastes like, and he'll be able to, you know, add that to his palate when others can't. <laughs> that's extra credit right there. <laughs> Hey, you want to talk about the filmmaking in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> nice segue, Jim. <laughs> uh, so passage of time is always shown through dissolves, which is just sort of basic kind of things. Uh, they did have, they do have those cuts, um, those quick cuts when they're ascending or descending levels, and that also shows passage of time. But mostly, it's just these dissolves um, between one one shot and the other. Uh, each roommate is an exposition dump. <laughs> like that is like the first two roommates serve as just these sort of 
oh, we need to communicate information to the audience. Oh, and also be a character. Uh, so that's, yeah, okay. Um, and then uh, the other filmmaking note I had is that eating is always gross, but we already talked about that. So um, I think we're ready. Shit, man. I think we're ready to just, like, wrap this up. Uh, so let's, uh, I'll give my final thoughts first, and then we'll go uh, Noah, Shayra, and Ben, uh, since it was your choice. Ben, um, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So I, I actually, I think that I like this movie a little bit more than than my 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 dear colleagues, and it's just because I thought it was it was viscerally effective. It has some ideas behind it. Those ideas are basically well done. I mean, if if you're you've got a heavy handed metaphor that you are going to ride till the end. Cool. Uh, that's what we got here. Now, we don't have much in the way of really good performances or really committed performances. We don't see much in the way of his sort of physical transfer transformation, like Tom Hanks in Castaway or something along those lines. We don't see much of that. But it's basically a heavy-handed metaphor that gets that gets played out competently and that's worth three stars for me uh so that is that's where i am it's a recommend but a mild recommend like it'll you could do worse than watching the platform and uh and as it relates to messages with which i which i think our society needs to hear here is one trickle down economics is stupid cool <laughs> um <laughs> I, I know I shit on this movie a lot, but I, like it, it's kind of endearing. It does remind me a lot of how Cube was filmed. Like they probably used like one room. I know that the entire film was filmed over six weeks, so it's hard to have those like really crazy transformations in your body type. I know that the actor still did a lot of fasting and a lot of trying to relate in in the hunger ways when he was. But they had such a limited time and a limited you know space this was not actually written to be a movie it was written to be a play and i could see this being a very much better play than it would be a film i think that those themes would be a lot less heavy-handed and a lot more interesting had you be able to uh go over the the ideas a little bit more in detail and be less like ooh, look at all the blood and guts and gore and, and grossness stuff I, I think if it was a play it would be far more interesting so I don't want to like shit on the concept completely because I think it should be a play um that being said it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen and I don't want to be mean to it because of that um as much as I might agree with some of the themes the execution was just not quite right and easily argued points uh that could actually work against some of my own value system in some ways so for that, I, I wouldn't like recommend it for people understanding my own positions, uh, but it's entertaining enough. And if you like gross out, disgusting, eating flesh, gross noises, blood, shit being thrown in people's faces kind of stuff, then yeah, you should definitely try that shit out. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. <laughs> but for me, it's a, it's around a 2.5. It's, it's, it was mad to me. So um, I only would recommend it to people that like gross shit. 
that's what I like about you guys. Even though this movie, I think the ethics of it sort of agree or align with maybe a lot of us, we understand that there were a lot of problems with this movie, the filmmaking aspects of it, the way it tried to give that message to people. Um, and so we lower our score because of it. And I completely agree. I mean, I initially thought that this movie was going to be a kind of rendition of the tragedy of commons. Do you guys know what the tragedy of commons is? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So Jim does. So it's, it's basically like a scenario where you have this shared resource system, right? That has individual users acting independently according to their own self-interest and behaving essentially behaving contrary to the common good of the users by depleting and spoiling uh, the shared resource in this case in the in this case in this movie food through their collective actions right and so I thought that's in like pretty much what this movie was going to be um, but then it turns out and we didn't really get into this in too much depth but it, it turned out that death almost was inevitable anyway with people like in the like very 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 lower rungs of this it seemed like people were going to die anyway and I, I just didn't know what to think of that in this movie. It sort of threw me off that death was inevitable no matter what food came down. And so offhand, this film overall just felt kind of sloppy to me in a multiplicity of areas. It seemed like while the point was important, seemed like while the message might be important and timely, there's just filmmakers that have done this a little better, especially in the last couple of years, Bong Joon-ho, um, I mean, not even Parasite. Go see Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is, uh, I think, a, a heavy, heavy-handed to a fault, just like this movie is, I think. But I think it does a better job of trying to get the point across in terms of, of class battle, class, class structure, and in terms of resource allocation. So this movie is, is just a very flawed film. It, it, it confused me in a lot of ways. I, even though I agree with the message, I give this movie a two out of five, which is pretty low for me. Um, I did not like this movie, um, other than the slurping. The best part of this movie was <laughs> eating food. The people who eat food in this movie, it kept raising my score. The more slurping I heard, the more score, it just kept going up. And then when that lady dropped her deuce onto his face, I was like, God, it's almost a five. But then I had to calm myself and say, no, let's be honest and go back down. So anyway, I would get, yeah. At the end of the day, if I'm being honest, I give this a two out of five. All right. And then for me, yeah, I mean, like I've already said that, like I, I clearly um, was a little bit disappointed. I think there was a lot of potential, uh, a lot of potential for this film. I mean, I really think still after watching it, like if you would have had a better director, maybe I'll, I'll defend that too. But if it, if it had a better director, I think it really could have been like the machinists plus parasite but with like a happy ending and i i literally say that specifically because like our main character my boy looks exactly like uh, christian bale like he's really really close and he could have pulled off like the crazy skinny look he could have done an interesting physical transformation like there there I, I really i mean if you had done this right there's no reason why this couldn't have been like a netflix oscar worthy movie if they had a, a better director and like the reason specifically I keep saying that is because what seems to be the problem in this is a lack of focus. Um, you know, obviously they had writers that had a lot of really good ideas, but we didn't have someone in charge seemingly that knew how to filter those and put them together in a way that told like a really powerful story. Um, and that's primarily my, that's, that's really kind of like my major concern with this. Yeah. I mean, it's like they do some gross out stuff in there. Yes. It's a horror film. I'm not, as bothered by that like i hate chewing noises but i think the fact that we have a scene where this dude is like climbing up a rope and someone just busts out their ass and takes a dump in his face like come on like that's 
if if you enjoy like trashy horror films, that's like that's pretty funny. That's that's pretty funny. I I don't I, I don't care. It's it's pretty fucking funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I I also am probably gonna give this a three right along the same lines as Jim, um, because it's it's kind of meh. Um, but I just I I would give it a lower score if I didn't have so much. I think like hope or like want in me for what it could have been. Um, but I think that's, that's pretty much where I am. It's like, it could have been a really cool story. It's the kind of movie that you want to see. It just wasn't everything that it could have been. Well, there you have it. We get uh, a two, a 2.5 and two threes uh, for the platform. Uh, until next time, uh, what are we doing next time? We are doing Spore Loose next time. And I'm sure Yay! we're going to a little bit more, a uh, little bit more positive things to say about Spore Loose. Uh, that will be releasing on August 30th. So be sure to check that out. Um, and we will be back. Be sure to like share and subscribe and uh we'll see you on august 30th for spore loose